The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, power horse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to help fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. Plus, when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. The wonderful Football Wednesday edition of You Better, You Better rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. What an awesome hour the last hour of the show was. John Daigle, Brian Balding, or Anthony DeBundo joining the show. Rick Camp will join us one hour from now, our friend from 4 for 4 and BetSperts. Uh, You Better, You Bet family member Rick Camp giving us NBA bets for tonight. Ken and I will give you our NBA bets and NHL bets for tonight coming up at the end of the show. Uh... Tyler going to give us some 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 golf bets also. I'm very much looking forward to that from the great yeah. from the great Tyler Morales. You got you got some golf for us too, buddy. I yeah, cook up something. I I do not like this tournament, but I will I will promise at least one outright bet that I will bet myself. Like I I got to have something. This it's all these crazy prices hitting has been like bizarre. We get I don't, know, I don't know if we're going to talk about it in golf bets. Like the the live news that got announced today, like all their new teams got announced with all the new additions, which is like Rom is the big one, obviously. And Tyrrell Hatton is another. And then they signed like, not like a, is it like what the collegiate golfer of the year or something is like on Rom's team. So they're just, they're adding more and more. And I still don't care at all. And it's just ruining everything, I feel like. But all these guys, like, should, they should go. They should take the money. Just my experience watching golf is going to be worse now because I don't care at all about Liv. And we have, like, Pebble Beach with, like, two guys that anyone cares about playing in the tournament. Just kind of feels like this is this is a rough time. Uh, Tyler's going to give us five bets for Pebble Beach, though, coming up in the final hour, the power hour of the show. We'll give you thoughts on the Seahawks naming Mike McDonald, our former Ravens defensive coordinator, their new head coach. Thoughts on Arthur Smith being named the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we'll get to NFL news throughout uh, throughout this hour on You Better You Bet. Um, we'll talk some NBA award markets here and try to identify some prices that we think might drop. But to end our number one of today's show, I teased that I wanted to ask Ken a question, and we had run out of time, and then we had a bunch of guests on uh, last hour, so didn't get to ask. So 
you know, for people that missed it, and if you did and you want to check it out, you can find it in podcast form. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcast. You know, Ken was being pretty reflective about his process betting NFL awards this year, taking it into NBA awards right now, specifically most valuable player with everything that's been happening with uh, with Joel Embiid. And, you know, it, it looks like, and we'll see what happens at NFL honors, that, you know, maybe things aren't going to go like our way with some of these award markets here. And Ken kind of detailed, maybe I should have like pulled the ripcord sooner and I think you're being like a little harsh on yourself but I certainly understand where you're coming from and my question is uh do you think you just got unlucky like was this just like you think okay like process I guess it can always improve but honestly like do you think that this is just and we'll see what the award how it actually goes do you think you were just unlucky and like that's all it might have been I think it was both right like I, because uh, I, th- like I think I think you got unlucky. I think we got unlucky in a couple of these here for sure. Oh, I. Well, there's no question, and 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 a couple of them like there was nothing to do either. Like I, you know, like Tyree Kill gets hurt. Like, what do you want me to do? You know, like everyone admits after the fact if he didn't get hurt, they would have voted for him, and he he still will get votes anyway. So I just I I didn't even bring that one up in the first hour because I'm just like. Yeah, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose. I had both. <laughs> I pivot to one. He gets hurt. The other guy wins. Like what? I, that's kind of that to me. That's like a what are you gonna do kind of a situation. Um, so I, that's that's bad luck. I think just that exact thing. But like with coach, coach is the one where I feel like you're gonna say we got unlucky. That's that's my guess. Just because like you needed this exact play play out to happen. Where okay, like Stefanski's minus a thousand. You need the winner of Texans Colts and probably more so if it was Ryan's instead of Steichen, you need him to win. You need to get this huge pop out of it. You need it to be dramatic. And then you need Jacksonville to lose. So they win the division and you need all of that to happen. And you need the Browns to sit everybody. So they're irrelevant. You need all of that to happen collectively. And it turns out it plays in the game. We're on fourth and one, a Colts guy who never should have tried to catch a ball, tries to catch a ball and drops it. And if the Colts win, we remember win. that I'm guessing that's remember something that? like what you're saying. So, yeah, yeah. but I, I just, uh, my point would just be like, What's what's on the UFC? Uh, why leave it? Like, don't leave it in the judges' hands. Whatever that's like written on their the wall in their gyms or whatever. Like, okay, but also it was totally possible that the winner of that game was at least like. I think my thing was I never took it as seriously as I should have, even though there were like some signs that it was going to be a thing. And so I think just like would it have killed? Especially like if you bet plus a thousand and it goes to minus a thousand. The amount you have to play with is outrageous in terms of when you only have to, and like you'd be, you know, maybe you had to add Ryan's and Steichen. That was probably the right answer to the question. Even if you didn't think Steichen was as likely, like play it out the other way. It's at least possible that Steichen ends up winning. It's like, man, it stinks to bet both. Like you really, you lose a lot of your potential profit when you bet both. But like, really, do you like, cause it was just going to be this massive windfall and this like, hold on for dear life mentality that happened with that award market. Like I, I do think that's a mistake. And I think there was a way to get out of it a little bit, not like perfect. I think there was a way to get out of it a little better. So that's that one. And then like comeback, we didn't get unlucky and we'll see what the final vote tally ends up being. Um, I'll be curious how close it is. I, I actually, I don't, I don't know how close it will be. I had a guess because I, we had pretty good info on like half the 50 voters. And, but, and uh, to be clear, like that, you think Hamlin won. Like you think that's what's going to happen. Well, yeah, Hamlin's so going to win Like the, the Pro Football Writers Association awards get announced. There's not a one-to-one correlation every year with like every winner of that award wins. But even the close awards last year at NFL Honors, Coach, Dable, 
comeback player Gino, which I guess wasn't that close, but like other people got votes. Offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson, who didn't even get as many first place votes as Kenneth Walker. They all won honors and they all won the Pro Football Writers Association. So there was like some predictive power to those awards. Look, could coach be like really close and we win by a vote? Sure, like totally possible, but you have to proceed like it's going to be Ryan's and Hamlin are going to win those two awards. With Hamlin, I actually, I think a lot of people be like, well, your mistake was betting in the first place. Like, okay. Uh, I I would just argue the mistake is is pretty obvious. And it's just when I was in a position to add Hamlin and still win, just freaking add Hamlin. Like what, like what's, what's the problem? Like, what's the issue? That's the, that's the mistake. The mistake is not trying to take shots at a big favorite, like won a lot of bets, won a lot of money doing that in awards that were not as weird, but almost as weird as that one. That's not the mistake, even though other people be like, no, 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 it was always going to be Hamlin. I think we'll just agree to disagree on that. And that's fine. Um, But I think like when you're, when you were able to add Hamlin at even money and, and just like be like, yeah, now it's, now it's cool. No matter what uh definitely definitely let my emotions get the better of me I, like wanted to be right wanted to be right and turned into the joker and and all that stuff happened so that's the mistake there yeah is there bad luck involved in some of this stuff sure but there's also a way to play it where it's like insurance when you get bad luck you're still good and you and you have enough left to get them the next time you better you bet with nick and ken here on a wednesday all right so with with that now being said and we'll we'll see how nfl honors plays out next week i don't think i'm gonna watch it yeah, but it's going to be good on oh, it. Oh, I'll watch, I'll I'll watch like, it. See what... Yeah, I think I'll watch it. I, Who's I, hosting uh... it? Do we know? They went like bad stand-up. That's a great question. Who hosted it I'm last year? Up. Did Carrie Underwood host it last that. year? I think that's who hosted it last Did year. Did she? I want to lie. Yeah. Oh, Keegan Michael Key's hosting it. Oh, that's actually pretty good. I kind of want to watch that now. Kel- oh, Kelly Clarkson hosted it last year. Kelly Clarkson. Oh, I said okay. Carrie Underwood. I'm sorry. Kelly Clarkson. Uh, Kelly Clarkson. Uh, I'll watch it. I, uh... If there was an award that would flip from what we saw, the only one that makes any sense to me that would flip is coach. Cause I, I really think it's really close. And I think Ryan's is going to win to be fair. Like I'm not going to say like ever, ever that Stefanski's going to win, but I get the sense that that one's pretty close. And so I'm, I have 1% optimism in this, but I, uh, it's the only, I think it's the only one where I would see, uh, so for people who didn't see those, like Lamar MVP, McCaffrey Offensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett Defensive Player of the Year, Texans got three awards, Offensive and Defensive Rookie with Stroud and Will Anderson, Ryan's one coach and Hamlin one comeback. And I coach would be, I mean, if you had to just make a market on which award is the most likely to be different when they give it out at, at NFL Honors, I mean, it's coach and it's still, it's going to be Ryan's a lot of the time. I don't want to give any uh, impression that I think it'll be different. Yeah, and I, I remember thinking, can't wait for the Browns to beat the Texans in the wild card rounds. And then all those voters are going to feel real stupid. <laughs> you were wacko. You were wacko. It happens sometimes. Well, well I wasn't wacko sometimes. for Flacco. Yeah. I was just wacko, period, apparently, with my thoughts on how, on how that game was going to play. All right. So let's take these lessons, Ken, and we'll apply it into the current uh, award betting market. And we can focus on the NBA here. And what we had talked about doing in hour number one was looking at these markets and trying to identify a price that's going to drop. And that does not mean that that player will win that award just that it gives you the opportunity the flexibility to be able to make other bets and maybe guarantee yourself a profit in these award markets so you know i the people out there that like to bet the way i like to bet and even to to his credit ken telling you the way that he bet some of these award markets this year which is bet the guy that i think's gonna come back player of the year no question yeah like like bet the guy that i think is going to win 
And this is not what Ken did. This is kind of like what I will do sometimes. And in the face of tons of evidence that points to the contrary, he's being like, nah, I still think my guy's going to win. And riding that guy to the finish. Now, look, I bet like that. I'm an emotional better a lot of the time. I think a lot of people that bet kind of bet like that. You bet for fun, for bleeps and giggles. You want to be right. This is kind of like a, a different way to approach the problem, right? Where you might bet a guy here, and we maybe Ken will be able to identify some of these, where you might not actually think this player is going to win, but by betting that player at a huge price, if the price drops, now it gives you the opportunity to bet somebody else, right? Just like a different way to think about it, a different way to approach the problem. So we had started with NBA Most Valuable Player, Ken, and uh, I think I ended by saying, maybe what about Kawhi Leonard, who's 100-1 to if the Clippers are going to keep winning a ton of games here? And obviously, like, Embiid gets hurt last night. We feel like he's probably not going to win. Jokic out to a minus price right now at BetMGM. Uh, SGA is plus 300. They play, play the Nuggets. Jokic isn't playing in the game. Any other thoughts on NBA uh, most valuable player here, Ken, in the wake of Embiid's injury, suffered Tuesday night against the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I mean, I pitched you the, like, what's more likely to happen? Jokic go out to a big favorite. Like, that could be the next price move. And, uh, you know, as much as we could predict these things, obviously, like, someone can step wrong tonight and get hurt. Like, that's not really what we're talking about. Some of these can be more predictable than, like, you know, if you're trying to time the stock market, for example, like that's just, you're just not going to work. Like you're just not going to be able to do it as often as you think you are in order to win this stuff. Like these markets don't really work like that. They can be late. They can not have stuff baked into them properly. They're just not as efficient by a lot, honestly. And uh, that doesn't mean you're going to win, but it means it's like actually worth it to play out this exercise. So like my guess for that was like the next move in MVP. I think it's going to be SGA getting closer to Jokic. And that's, I guess that's obvious because like they play tonight and Jokic isn't playing. So maybe that's a really short-term thing. I do think there's a way the next move is Jokic gets out more. Uh, the next straw poll will almost certainly come out the All-Star break. Jokic will be winning it. Like we, could, we don't, we're not breaking any news by saying that with Embiid out. And I don't even know how it'll be presented. Like, will he allow people to vote for Embiid? And it'll count for this one, in which case Embiid will win. But he won't win the he won't win the, the award. <laughs> like he'll just win the the halfway through the season MVP. The so CLV I don't know how that's going to be structured. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's a lot of jokes there. I don't know how that one's going to be structured. I think it's pot. You could make an argument. Jokic out big is the next move. Just like why though? Like not playing. The stat lines have been for him pedestrian, but for everybody else, they still look amazing. I. There's is there really like a lot of buzz around like pushing this? There's a lot of buzz around Embiid, and now somebody else has to win. I don't know if it's him. I'm like I, I texted with somebody just before the show. Like I'm pretty open minded about this one now that I'm out of it. Like I just I don't. I always kind of just thought Embiid was going to win a second one, and that was the most likely thing. And now that that's been removed, kind of free to just. Eh, I guess it could be kind of anything. I'll say SGA down is next, but I you could argue Giannis down because it's big. Luca could go crazy some more. They're just not going to win enough, I think. I'll say SGA down, but I think there's a lot of that's a really lukewarm opinion. I think there's a lot of ways it could go. Would you would you want to take a shot at like Tatum ever at Kawhi ever if we think that this could get nuts here and be like one of the craziest MVP voting cycles we've seen? And look, the answer could be I no, think, but I feel uh, like it's a question worth asking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's totally okay to ask. I think I don't think it's a stupid question at all. Um, Cause I think when you remove Embiid, you have to consider like everybody, honestly um, Tatum's issue is going to be in the advanced metrics. He just trails by so much. And even though the team's awesome and they're going to get the one seed going away, I don't think you can overlook just how bad statistically he is versus the other players. It's just, it's too much to overcome. 
and they're not going to win like 68 games. Like they're just, they dropped a couple too many games to have like a big, big, big record. I think they're going to win like 62 games or 63 games. And that's still awesome. By the way, that's a great regular season. I don't, I just think the numbers are too bad. They can get better, but for now I think they're too bad. Kawhi, like kind of the same problem. There's just, there's this tier of guys. Like it's an Embiid was in it and it's Embiid and it's Jokic and it's SGA and it's Giannis and it's kind of Luca, but he's fifth and he's kind of on the fringes and it's, it's everything, right? It's EPM, it's uh box plus minus, it's PER, it's some of the other plus minuses out there. There's a really defined order and Tatum's not even in the order. He's like over here doing something else. And so is Kawhi Leonard. And these are the guys that are like truly competing to be the most valuable players. And, uh, and so, you know, I think picking one of them to be the next move or Jokic to get out to a bigger favorite would be the wise way to to predict this. We'll hit more award markets on the other side. I'll give a I'll give a semi. You kind of agreed with my thought, me, or maybe Golden State's going to start playing better. I have another NBA betting hot take. I'm starting to think the Celtics are just going to, like, win the Eastern Conference and, like, obliterate everyone oh, okay. in the playoffs. And I, and I hope I'm wrong about that as a Knicks fan. Maybe we can do that a little later in the show. But coming up next, more award markets. What prices do we think will drop on the other side? We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Out of that last stop action, the Rockets have been really good. Maxi got it! How does that 40 and the foul for the ascending all-star Tyrese Maxi. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Courtesy of the call goes to our friends over at NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, Joel Embiid's going to be out for any period of time and currently dealing with like a, a, a several injuries. Uh, Nick Nurse was said after the game last night, oh, well, this injury is not related to the other ones. I don't know if that's like better or worse for Embiid that that's what Nick worse. Nurse said after the game. Just Way the, worse. The terrible, right? Terrible, yeah, This degenerative right? knee and then also something else. Oh, oh, goody. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's like, Six foot, seven foot, eight foot feet. And your feet are generally not not in a great spot. Your knee's probably not in a great spot. Uh, so if Embiid's going to miss any amount of time, it stands to reason that, you know, like who's, who's, who's going to score a lot for Philly? Probably Tyrese Maxey. And that's why we played that highlight coming back from break. Good job by Jake. And Ken, that'll take us into our conversation about most improved player. So we did NBA uh, most valuable player in the last segment. Just like price most likely to drop in most improved right now, where Maxey is a really big favorite. Minus 225. Uh, Shen in Houston, plus 250. He was awesome. Uh, maybe he won't win now. Scotty Barnes, 12. Kobe White, 18. And we can talk about some other names as well. So is this, is this Ken, like, is it actually like Maxi's going to become like a bigger favorite now? And like, it's bet Maxi now? What about most improved player trying to get ahead of a move in the market? Yeah, if, you, if we'd had this conversation a week ago, I probably would have said the most likely thing to happen is someone takes Maxi's win probability and Shengun is like by far the most likely player to do that. I think he's a great candidate. He may not so think they've announced the all-star reserves yet, but like he's playing at that level. So like, I, you know, just because of the way the West works, maybe he gets squeezed out and, but he's still playing at that level. I don't think not making the game would make him ineligible to win. Um, I think people would still think of him really well, even if he didn't play in the game. And the reason why I would have been cool on Maxi 
and not interested is Embiid back and playing, which has an effect, obviously. And I think more importantly, the idea that the Sixers would seem likely to make a move at the deadline to maybe add another scorer or add another contributor, which would decrease Maxi's usage. So I think it's like, okay, let's see what they do. But I'm not sure Maxi's going to the finish line here as like a big time candidate. If Embiid's going to be back and they're going to add someone, that's going to that's going to squeeze him out a little bit. That's going to make him a little less likely to have these explosive performances. Well, now I mean everything's changed, right? I mean Embiid has this series of injuries, and you're just kind of like, is the most likely move that this ends? You know that he plays really well in Embiid's absence. And now, to be fair, Maxi's missed the last three games with an ankle injury. Nick Nurse said he would be back. I think they play tomorrow, and maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe Maxi misses more time, and that hurts his candidacy. But like, if he comes back and it's hey, Joel's going to be out for a little bit, like it's you. Well, now all of a sudden, like, look what happens, right? He's going to get all the credit. They win any games; it's on him. Now, one of the things I I disliked about him, a you know, months ago as a candidate, is it's usually not the second banana. It's usually not the guy who's you know just you know scoring a lot, but you know, like CJ McCollum is probably a, a good comp historically, where like Lillard is the best player, but he's like the co best, so he could win he's when he Robin. improves. He's Robin. Yeah, Compared and like Batman. Robins win this. Robins win this. Sometimes they don't. They don't never win terrible sentence but like they uh they do win sometimes they just don't win a lot and if there was a batman somewhere else like shengun then that's that makes things a little different or scotty barnes like originally i think would have fit this profile but now like if he gets to be batman and it, and he gets to do it like in the second half of the season when everyone's actually thinking about this stuff um i think it's possible his price really takes off so it's definitely the Embiid injury I'll, here's how i'll frame it the Embiid injury i had some visions of like and we have no polling. What if no one actually likes him for this? Like, that's always the thought that runs through my head. We have no idea how people feel about this market. What if no one likes him? And now my thought is like, well, I can't do that anymore because he's going to look better. He's going to actually have more opportunity. And so, you know, if you have nothing, I mean, I think you have to think about it's a, I mean, it's a terrible price to lay, but like, I wouldn't go long shot. I was like really thinking about going long shot hunting in this market like, you know, six man, I think a lot of people are trying to do the same thing. And and I can't do that now because now maybe the favorite's not, I thought maybe we had a vulnerable favorite. We use that term a lot. We probably don't have one anymore because he's just going to be the primary scorer on a team that's like going for a playoff spot and uh, some big stat games could end up following provided he comes back from this injury. Well, I think maybe like, maybe the strategy should be Ken. Um, like, let's, let's see how long it, let's say Embiid's out for, I don't know, I'll make this up. Let's say he's out for two to four weeks, whatever. And Maxi goes nuclear during that stretch and becomes a bigger favorite. But then, like, Embiid's going to be back. And when's the trade deadline? It's coming up soon, right? Uh, sometime in the next week. Yeah, it's sometime next yeah. week. So let's let's say that the Sixers add, they're going to have to add a player, right, if they're serious about contending, if Embiid's going to be out. So they add somebody, but Maxi's kind of the alpha, but then Embiid's going to be on his way back. And let's say Maxi gets out to be an even bigger favorite. Is then the time? And it's a, it's a week from tomorrow. Uh, good job by Alex pointing them out in the chat. Friday, uh, Thursday, February 8th, it'll be while we're out in Vegas, like it was last year. Which is pretty awesome. We did the Durant thing last year in uh, in Phoenix when we were there, which was which was great. Is it wait for Maxi to continue get getting bet out and beads coming back? Try and bet somebody else at that point. Like maybe that's what this is. And I know I created a scenario that doesn't have to unfold like that. But is <laughs> right. it kind of like yeah, yeah, like will. it doesn't have to happen like that? But yeah, like yeah. like Embiid's gonna miss some time. He'll come back and then sell Maxi at that point, or or look to buy others at that point when Embiid's gonna come back. Right, and there's a there's a, a second 
like a handcuff to that, right? Which is you need other players that are worth buying. And I think, especially at that point in the season, you're going to need a player that's worth buying that you know there's some interest in. And this is where we're going to start to like have the trickle of information of people are going to actually start thinking about this a little bit. And when they start thinking about it, they may just decide it's Maxi. And then it would be probably a fool's errand to sell at that point. You would just not bet into the market and the favorite's the favorite and he keeps, he keeps getting better. He keeps uh, playing well and that's just how it's kind of supposed to go. So there's nothing worth betting because there's nothing wrong happening or there's nothing that you think wrong. is going to change. Um, but I, I think what the, the struggle in this is there just aren't – can't like uh, you know Bill Simmons on his pod last week mentioned Jalen Williams from the Thunder – who's a really exciting second year play, player, obviously, who's part of their success with Holmgren and SGA. And, you know, second year players are really tough to win this. It doesn't happen a lot. He plays on the Thunder, and I feel like that's crushing all of their chances to win some of these things. I, I mentioned SGA, like, not getting a lot of credit with national media. It's not that they, like, don't know he exists or that he's really good, just that the MVP content that was released and even the first Bontemps Strapple where SGA played out of his mind to start the year and got nothing, like, basically no votes, was, like, behind the big two on everybody's ballot, got no love at all. And even at the midseason, like, he's third on everyone's maybe. It's just kind of like, man, like, there's not that buzz that would be my concern with Jalen Williams, who's awesome, by the way. This is not even an anti-Jalen. He's so good. He also hasn't improved into the range that Maxi and Shengun occupy, like all-stars that we expect to see on the team. Jalen Williams is like more of a fringe, not an all-star, and like that next level, maybe he should be one, not quite the same as the other two players. So there's just no guy you look at and you go, oh, yeah, like that's what it is. And, you know, if people start talking about one and there seems to be some genuine interest, sure. But I, I, it feels like the Embiid injury has actually, like, cooked this market where you, you can't do – you can't bet into it anymore. You can't bet the long shots because now the favorite has a chance to run away with it. You better. You better hear with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday. Rick Camp will join us to start next hour. We'll get Rick's thoughts on NBA awards, also his bets for tonight in the association. We'll give you our bets for tonight in the NBA and the NHL coming up at the end of the show in the power hour, the final hour, a little NFL coming up, a little NFL as we move along uh, in the program. Ken, what award market would you like to hit next in the NBA here? Dealer's choice. We do coach of the year. I feel like we'll have more fun stuff to say. Six man would be fun too. Maybe we do six man tomorrow because we'll do award market roulette and that like, needs you, its coach, own big segment. Yeah, coach of the year is fascinating right now, and I feel like there you sure. can make a case for so many different coaches in this particular market. I think this is a really fun one. I I totally agree. Do you want to do you want to read the MGM prices just so people can kind of get up to speed here, and then and you get to pronounce your favorite guy's name too. Yeah, um, Thunder head coach Mark Daniel, uh, a.k.a. Mark Dagnalt, which is, like, stupid. Like, I mean, seriously, like, what's more fun to say, Dagnalt or Danielle? Yeah. Just, what, just, what would you like to drink, sir? Honest. Well, I'd like a fine Cabernet, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the, the old, the old, the, 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 the blank. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mark Daniel is plus 130. Uh, Chris Finch, plus 220. So the two teams, uh, you know, vying for the number one seed in the Western Conference, the Thunder and the Wolves, those coaches occupying spots one and two. Um, Dagnalt with the Thunder, Chris Finch with the Wolves. Teron Liu, oh, I know, Ken, that you've talked about a lot, maybe for this award with how well the Clippers have played. Ty Liu is at nine. Rick Carlisle of the Pacers at 11. I think this name's so fascinating, and maybe a wrench is going to get thrown into things when Darius Garland returns. Maybe that happens. 
happens tonight. But the way the, the Cavs have played with all the injuries, J.B. Bickerstaff is 16-1. to Joe Mazzula of the Celtics became a punchline at the end of last season, and even like the recent Kendrick Perkins lineup like in the, in the Nuggets game, where if you put Joe Mazzula's brain in a bird, the bird would fly backwards. It would just... A stunningly funny line from Perk, who's come on our show, and we love him. I think I'm starting to change my opinion a little bit on Joe Mazzulla. Not saying he's going to win Coach of the Year. I, I, I think he's starting to become something a little bit better. Missoula, 18-1. to 1. Jamal Mosley of the Magic at 20. Will Hardy, uh, Jeff and Matt's brother of the Jazz at 25. Nick Nurse, 28. Fibs of my Knicks at 30. We can kind of draw the line there, but if any other names uh, need to get mentioned, I can kind of I can read them. Uh, and that's the market for Coach of the Year at BetMGM. 68 degrees in Central Park. <laughs> I'm Nick Costos. Uh, I wanted to bring up a schedule real quick just to because I, I think, again, like this, this needs to not be what Ken thinks is going to happen at the end of the year. It's like, look, like what's what's coming up. And so what do you think is going to happen? And the problem is, is the, that Denver punting this game tonight has kind of like cleared the way. Here's here's Oklahoma City's next five games. Home against Denver, which is now a very likely we'll do eight buckets here. It's a very likely win because Jokic isn't going to play in the game. They're a big favor in that game now. Home Charlotte, home Toronto, at Utah, which like is not a, a joke of a game. That'll be a small point spread. Those teams played a really fun game a couple weeks ago that the Thunder ended up winning in Utah by only like a possession or two, which we talked about on the show. At Dallas after that, you'd be curious about Dallas's health. They play second night of a back to back against the Kings after that. So it's like. I guess, like, you know, if you were going to try to fade Dagnalt, would you, like, is this the stretch to try to do that? I I really liked trying to fade him, like, going into these last two games that they played. And uh, and now, like, Denver punted the game, which now, like, kind of wrecks, like, my theory that I thought the Clippers could overtake everyone over this stretch. Uh, the Clippers, for what it's worth, and that's Ty Lu. I want to do their schedule. We don't have to do all four of them, but I, I think this is just worth, uh, excuse me, worth mentioning. So... The Clippers are at the Wizards tonight, so they're on a, a pretty long East Coast trip right now. Lost the game to the Cavs the other night, who you mentioned are awesome. Uh, at the Wizards, at the Pistons, at Miami, who can't stop losing. At Atlanta, the worst ATS team in the league. Home against the Pelicans, home against the Pistons again. Then they play the Timberwolves on the 12th. Uh, that's their second-to-last game before the All-Star break. My theory had been that between now and the 12th, I thought they had a really good chance to gain even more ground on the Timberwolves and the Thunder because of this easy East Coast schedule. They get to Detroit twice, um, more likely wins than the other two teams have. And that's why I've been, I pushed Ty Lue on the show a couple of days ago and continue to do so only because like, this is the stretch that it's going to happen. And by the time we get to the game on the 12th against Minnesota, what if the Clippers are up a game or tied with these teams or whatever, like every it's like, you know, Ty Lue, I know doesn't get the buzz that the other coaches get when the standings flip, you'll get the pop out of it. They just haven't flipped yet, and they're very close to flipping. Look at the Western Conference standings. It's been all four of these teams in a jumble for a long time. The flip just hasn't happened yet, and maybe it never happens. Maybe the Clippers are overrated and uh, and aren't going to do this. They've been the best team in the league basically since December 1st. It seems unlikely that is going to just stop unless they have a significant injury. So I, I like Lou. I think his price should be closer to Finch and Dagnall. My concern is now like the Thunder had a, a loss potentially. They don't have it anymore and the games are pretty easy. It's just, it makes it a lot tougher. I still like buying Lou down to honestly, like right behind Finch, I think is his rightful price. And I think that still can happen, but uh, less confident now than I was before. 
I want to hit you with three Eastern Conference coaches at longer yeah, prices. Sure. Get your thoughts on them. Well, uh, Vickers and, 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 should do too if he's not one. Yeah, yeah. I, and I was going to say, like, if you want to include Carlisle in this, I wasn't going to include Carlisle, but we can because yeah, sure. we've done a lot on Carlisle. So Bickerstaff was going to be the first name. He's at 16 with how well the Cavs have played. And, like, we'll see what happens when Garland comes back. Um, we should talk about, I think, Missoula at 18-1. to 1, If the Celtics have the best record in the league by a couple games, I think the narrative might be starting to change around him a little bit. Could be wrong about that. And we should talk about, and look, like, Thibs won NBA Coach of the Year during the COVID year when the Knicks were the fourth seed and lost to the Hawks in five in the first round, which... Really pissed me off as a Knicks fan. So I don't know if he can win again. But I mean, they're just they're coming off a fourteen and two month, and they're currently the three seed in the Eastern Conference. So what about those those coaches, Ken, in the Eastern Conference right now at longer prices? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the Bickerstaff problem. I'll address first, or like how to how to solve this, because I got a, a couple notes from people about it. I know over the weekend, and his price did drop because they played really well. Uh, here's my big issue: they won fifty one games last year. Like I project them to win 50 games this year. Their win total in the market is 49 and a half. That represents absolutely zero improvement year over year for a team that's not going to be a top four seed. Probably there's just not a path here that makes any sense. They'd have to even outperform how they're playing right now for that to be like a realistic outcome of all the coaches you mentioned in the East. I actually think that's probably the least likely one I would have to win. All right, more NBA award market conversation coming up next. Ken will give you his thoughts, Coach of the Year, on Joe Mazzulla and Tom Thibodeau. And a big dealer's choice, more award market conversation in the NBA coming up next with Nick and Ken. You better, you bet. Welcome back to You Better, You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jake. segment for the day on Stadium. So if you're watching the show on Stadium right now, head on over to Twitch. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL. 20 minutes from now, do that. You can still watch this segment on Stadium. But final hour of the show, power hour, uh, Twitch.tv backslash BetQL. A conversation with our friend Rick Camp on the NBA. All of our NBA bets and NHL bets for tonight. Golf bets from Tyler Morales. And Ken's going to give us an outright coming up for Bebel Beach. And uh, a little Super Bowl uh, as it regards MVP for the San Francisco 49ers very much looking forward to that and look we'll be out in vegas next week starting uh what what's monday monday february 5th uh we'll be out from vegas from monday february 5th through saturday february 10th and if you want to come check us out in las vegas we'll be at radio row a couple days otherwise we'll be at uh mandalay bay the same place that we've been broadcasting every time that we go to vegas if you want to stop by and see us you know what you got to wear when you do that some you better you bet merchandise and even if you won't be out in las vegas uh buy some merchandise please no, like, seriously, like, please. It, it really helps us, uh, and we would appreciate it. You better you bet shop.com. We got hats, we got t-shirts, we got hoodies, long sleeve and short sleeve t-shirts with all your favorite you better you bet catchphrases and slogans. You better you bet shop.com. You better you bet shop.com. 
All right, before we get to the Super Bowl, Ken, uh, and thoughts on the Niners and most valuable player, let's wrap up the conversation here, at least on Coach of the Year, and maybe we squeeze in one more NBA award market. We'll do a couple tomorrow as well. But Coach of the Year in the association, trying to figure out like a price that we think might drop, you touched on J.B. Bickerstaff going to break of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's hit two other names in the Eastern Conference, please. Joe Missoula of the Celtics, best record in the NBA, uh, beat the Pacers last night. They are, uh, Missoula is 18-1. to And Tom Thibodeau, head coach of my Knicks, who won Coach of the Year a couple years ago during the COVID year, he's at 30-1. to The Knicks currently 31-17. and Third place, in the third seed right now in the Eastern Conference, now ahead of the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, and they just completed a 14-2 and month, the Knicks' best month since March of 1994, which is the last time, well, I guess not, they lost to the Spurs in the strike year in 99. One of the last times the Knicks played, Ken, in the NBA Finals. So Missoula and Thibodeau for Coach of the Year. Yeah, and these are, you know, these are fringe candidates for sure. Um, Dagnalt is, it's because you need, you need two here, right? You don't just need... Tibbs to play well or Missoula to, to keep winning games and they're going to have this great record. You need you need the Thunder to to drop some games and you need the Timberwolves to drop some games to create that opening, I think. And we just did kind of like how tonight's game against Denver now like creates a, a pretty long runway for the Thunder to just rattle off five, six wins here and uh and keep this keep this thing rolling. So it's it's not as awesome a market to bet into now with tonight's game not being settled, but like, you know what I mean? Like Jokic isn't playing and this was a, a game that they could really lose, especially they're not playing very well right now. So it, it definitely does not create a vulnerable favorite, but um, just a couple things on those coaches. Do I think that Missoula's price can drop soon? Probably not. Um, it would require like a winning streak longer than what they've been putting together. It would require some notoriety. And that's not that he can't win at the end. Uh, I think there is like a magical number of games where like if they got 65 wins or something or 66 wins, it would be tough to ignore coaches that get to that threshold. I mean, that's you're talking about if they win like six. So they're went to all the market 63 and a half. I have them pretty close to that. I mean, you get to that like 60 or even a little over that about like one of the 10 best regular seasons in the history of the league and you look yep. at the coaches because you might be like well do coaches that do that win no but like because they've already won like steve kerr won when they like literally won 73 and 9 like he won the award but like i i think a lot of them it's like you know the coach had already won twice and didn't you know like popovich couldn't win every year with the spurs for example and they had some good regular seasons uh it's just you go through and you go like it's not like everybody in that tier one but missoula's never won anything before <laughs> so it's just it's i think it's he he can still win like he is not uh eliminated from contention like the bad teams in the league or you know like frank vogel can't win probably or uh you know <laughs> taylor jenkins is really unlikely to win because all of his players are hurt something like that Missoula can still win. Just, Brian okay, Keith. like what is, yeah, <laughs> what's what is the catalyst for a price drop? It you need you need those teams at the top to lose, but I don't know if the the Celtics can like do anything right now. The when when his price would drop would be when you almost like in the in the NFL with a a big a big time team with a big record when it starts to become likely that it's a really big record like that they're going to just crush and win not even 63, like 67 or something. And that's not going to happen for either. They're going to have a really long win, win streak, or you're not going to know that for at least like a month or six weeks. So that price drop feels like it's that's that one's down the road and you need to wait and see if they win the games to make up for it. Um, Tibbs is one, like I have trouble figuring out. I, I'm 
I'm reluctant to say he has a chance that's like a like a strong chance to win, only because again, like it's got to be a big improvement usually. And I know there's a lot of momentum behind how the Knicks are playing right now, and we want to reward like Ananobi or Tibbs or somebody with with some hardware. Or Brunson MVP is a crazy bet. We want to do some of that, but I think that like they won 47 games last year. Even if they get to 50, which is like a big number for them, I think I have them at like 51, 52 right now. Even if you do that, that's probably like three, four seed and a very modest improvement versus. Dagnall's going to improve this, this, this team's record like 18 games from last year or something. Finch is going to improve the team's record basically the same. The Timberwolves and the Thunder almost had the same record last year. They were separated by the Timberwolves were two games better. Um, and both were just right around 500. One of them's doing that. So I think to beat that, it's either like Ty Lue has a better record and like wins by multiple games in the West. So it's like, man, good season by those guys. But holy crap, the Clippers are the one and they won games that... I don't know if it'll trump Dagnall, but it at least creates an interesting conversation. And then I think like a Missoula just white hot second half of the year where they win like a lot of games. You have to be able to, in a conversation against Dagnall and Finch, you have to be able to win that argument. And I think you can only win it by either being like better than them in their own conference by a little or better than them in the other conference by a lot. And, uh, and those are, and if you think about it, those are two very unlikely things to happen, but I think those are the only two ways that this thing gets a little crazy. Nick and Ken here on You Better, You Bet on a Wednesday. Want to save the rest for tomorrow? Want to sneak one more in? Yeah, let's do, we'll do six man tomorrow. Cause like, I, I think with more space, it's better. And we, we've been rolling on this for like a while. We do a little more Super Bowl and probably like mix it up a little bit. That's probably, that's pretty fun. All right. Why don't you uh, hit us with the idea that you had for the Super Bowl today? Because the, for the content for the show today, cause I think it's really awesome. I got a DM from someone uh, and I want to, I'll just say his first name. Just, I don't want to like, you know, blow up his spot. I don't even know who says that anymore. Uh, Anthony DM'd me and apparently he had DM'd me before because he was oh, allowed to DM me this time. Wait, and, Anthony. Uh, oh, oh, Anthony. Yeah. You know, and not, oh, and not Anthony, of course. Yeah. Right. Um, and he basically was like, liked how we played out the chiefs previous games uh, playoff games against the Dolphins, against the Bills, and against the Ravens, and said, okay, like, who would have won MVP? If this was the Super Bowl, who would have won MVP? Well, that's kind of interesting, because what if this game's just like their other games, which is a reasonable kind of uh, exercise to play out? And his point was like, well, what about the Niners two games, which are a pretty interesting two games also? So I'm going to bring up, and I think you'll probably do the same, the nine and obviously the Niners got the bye in the NFC, so they only play two playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, the narrow, nail-biting win over the Packers, which the Packers probably wish they could have a bunch of things back in that game, uh, and then obviously the NFC Championship against the Lions again, like a, a nail biter, and kind of we can go through the final numbers and what we would kind of do. So I, I have the Packers box score up. I'm going to guess you, you probably have the same. Um, yep. 24 21 Niners. Do you want do you want to read the stats and then maybe I can tell you who I think would win first. Sure. And uh and yeah, I I think this is going to lead. I think the Packers one is a little easier to figure out who it would be. The Lions right. one. I I think the Lions one is easy also just that you can make the case for somebody else. So sure. the Niners Packers box score is as follows. Purdy 23 of 39, 252, and a touchdown. Didn't throw a pick in the game. I'm candidly, like, very lucky to not throw a pick. But yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, he didn't. And that and that and that's what that's what would matter for people that are voting on the award. He didn't throw an interception. McCaffrey, 98 rushing yards to go along with two touchdowns. 
also caught seven balls for 30 yards. Remember, Debo Samuel got hurt very early, so like did like basically like nothing in the game. Right. Uh, George Kittle, four for 81 and a touchdown. So Kittle, in addition to McCaffrey, was the star on offense for the San Francisco 49ers. And then like I guess maybe like defensively, if like you want to make a case for like Dre Greenlaw, who had two interceptions in the game, I I don't think right. Greenlaw would have won, but be... just want to yeah, just wanted to say that. That would be. I, so I think with those stat lines, McCaffrey would win Super Bowl MVP. Would be would be my guess. In the um, Packers game, no, I agree one hundred percent that McCaffrey would win. Agreed. It is pretty crazy to have a defensive player with two interceptions in a twenty four twenty one game where you're not going to give it to the quarterback. And I I don't know if he's I don't know if he can't win, but like. I think McCaffrey would win, but Greenlaw is like kind of interesting. What this points to, by the way, with the Niners, and we'll talk about it a little more coming up next week. And Baldy brought it up too, I think, or somebody, uh, maybe John Daigle brought it up. Like one, the Niners defense, what they're really good at is actually just like getting the opposition to turn the ball over a lot, except they're playing Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, like, are, are they going to be able to have these Dre Greenlaw two interception games or Fred Warner with an interception or, or somebody else forcing a turnover? Like, are they going to force a turnover in the game? To be fair, like the Sala defense a few years ago picked off Mahomes twice in the game, which was kind of interesting and different coordinator now, different scheme. But we've seen Mahomes in the Super Bowl turn it over a little bit. So just kind of, I think that's an interesting one. You want to do the second game real quick? Uh, sure. In the second game, I, I think, so McCaffrey has a similar stat line in the second game. Yeah. I just feel like Purdy 100% wins in this game. Uh, so Purdy, 20 of 31, 267 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. So, like, not great stats. McCaffrey, 20 carries, 90 yards, two touchdowns, also 42 receiving yards. Purdy added 48 rushing yards. Ayuk, three for 68 and a touchdown and had the big playoff uh, of Vildor's face mask. So, Ken, maybe you're going to make the case for McCaffrey here. I think Purdy wins MVP in the Lions game. And because, because like, the last thing the voters will see when they submit their ballot, I guess there are a few minutes left a lot of them submit, so maybe they would submit McCaffrey and then want to change it, would be Purdy because of the drive at the end of the game, I, I guess would be the idea, and he's obviously never won before. But I think even McCaffrey versus Purdy in that game is kind of interesting. We'll do this more coming up next hour. We'll also give you our bets for tonight. Next hour, head on over to Twitch, twitch.tv backslash betql if you're watching on Stadium. We'll start the hour talking NBA with our friend Rick Camp. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.